the Magic Book Club podcast. Hello, my name's Tom Price. Thank you for downloading the first ever Magic Book Club podcast. And our book of the month for this first episode is I Invited Her In by Adele Parks. And so now, without further ado, shall we talk to Adele Parks? I mean, in ter- authors, in terms of uh, number of sales, they don't come much bigger than Adele Parks. You've sold quite a few books. I have, yes, which is good news, isn't it? It's, it's great news. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, it means, you know, people love what you do. Yeah. Um, the numbers are insane. I'd like, it's you've 17 Sunday Times bestsellers, 3 million copies sold in the UK, translated as well into oodles of different languages. 26. Of course she That's knows. an oodle. Of course she knows, straight they off the do. bat. How is that when you see one of your books in a different language? Um, well, first, complicated, because I'm pretty useless at languages. Yes. So people say to me, oh, do you know, do you like the translation? I'm like, it's lovely. Because <laughs> I literally don't know. Yeah, she's done a really good job, or he's done a really good job. You can't tell, you have to really trust your trust translator. Them. And actually, um, sometimes you never even meet that translator or hear of them. The first thing you do, you, you know of it, is when the book arrives. But right. others get in touch and ask little details. and You'd want that, wouldn't you? That's you a good do. thing. I love it? it, because it usually means they are reading the book. Great. Yeah. Yes. And um, also Really bad if they're not reading really the book. Really bad. <laughs> that sort of English thing we've got going on quite often, that sort of quirky English humour, quite often confuses, and people need to really know what's going on. Or just cultural references. I mean, yeah. ages ago, I remember doing a book, of an, I mentioned Adam Ant, and they were like, what, why, why is the relevance? Because like, he doesn't drink, he doesn't smoke, what does he do? All those kind of things. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And I can that's just imagine some Dutch guy it, but, like saying, yeah. oh, I wish I had a manager talking yeah, about it. What, exactly. what do I do? But so, so, is it, so humor-wise, because mm. you do have your characters, obviously, you know, they go to some pretty dark places, but the humor's quite dry. You've got good gallows humor going on. I hope so. Does that translate well then? Is that a problem? Uh, I, we'd, have to, we'd have to go and ask people that are reading them in foreign languages. Yeah, that's I think true. they do, do pretty well. I mean, they do well, so they must yeah. do. Um, I think people like that about the sort of British humour, don't they? That's yes. what they buy into, because we are a bit cheeky and a bit sarky. Which is the country you're doing particularly well in, then, apart um, from the UK? Germany's quite good. Okay. Yeah, Germany's good. Uh, Scan- we've got a nice big uh, launch with the Scandi countries coming up, so oh, that's good. And I'm very excited. We've got a US launch coming up soon. So that, wow. So you're going to do book tours then? Are you gonna well, I don't know. I hope so. Fingers crossed. But the right. thing with the US is people are really enthusiastic and lovely the yeah. whole time. Everybody's yeah. lovely. And success is a great thing. It's success is all thing. about doing well and, yeah. and, and worshipping like the idea of success. Yeah. You could be American. Yeah, well, you know, actually, you should see, I've, I've actually done an American You're smiley. Act. I've, I'm smiley, but I, I don't have the teeth. That's the problem. I have to, uh, you know, with the whole... <laughs> you I've got, good teeth. I've got a, well, I don't know. I think for America, you've got to be properly like this shade of white, proper yeah. kind of paper white. Talking of which, I've managed to pick up your book now. Well um, done. So holding I was just going to tell you my granddad's joke. He always oh, said God. I had the right face for uh, radio. Rude. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> granddad. Yeah, I know. Well, you've got a but beautiful was, face, Adele Parks. Um, I invited her in out on the 20th of September. Um, first of all, Adele, I've got to talk to you. Why are there always legs on the covers of your books? What is that? Uh, do you know there was? There have and there haven't been. It's good that you think there always was because okay. that is sort of my brand. Yeah, which is hilarious. Adele Parks and her legs, legs. Which you know, I've got awful legs, and my legs are definitely for radio. Yeah, the sting, sting well under the table in trousers. Um, so I think it was because many years ago I wrote a book called The Other Women's Shoes, and yeah. that naturally lent itself to be having legs on the covers. And we just all got carried away with sort of saying, oh, that's a runaway success and that can go on and on and, you know, one foot in front of the other. And there was a lot of puns. Yes. So we just kept <laughs> going with it. Um, and then I did become known. People wouldn't know the name of Adele Parks, but they would say, you know, the one with the legs on the covers. Oh, my God, that's your brand. I loved it. 
That's I mean, I'm amazing. fine with that. I have no problem with that at all. Adele Park's on her calf brand, because yes. it was often the calf that it you see. It is the calf, yes. Um, and then it disappeared for a while, and people missed it. Yeah. So this, actually, is a, a bring back of the legs. But it's just a nod. Okay. Not to the legs. I see. Because actually there's quite a lot of shadow as well on there. There's a lot of shadow and she seems for, to be... Foreshadowing and all that. Nice. Morning. Yes. Oh, let's see what you've done. I yes. love a reading of a, of a cover. <laughs> I invited her in and interestingly, she's on the way out in the picture. Um, this person who Melanie, the protagonist of this book, invites into her life possibly a mistake it's fair to say <laughs> I think that's fair to say that I error. don't think that's a spoiler okay yeah exactly um, I've got really careful yeah, kind of, there's a lot of spoilers because the whole point of this book is quite twisty turny you don't know whose side you're on um, and whilst it is I always think Mel's the protagonist too but actually I write from both points of view yes Mel and Abby and a few of the peripheral Ben as well and, yeah. yeah 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 um, but the point of the book is Mel and Abby meet at university and the way a lot of friendships are it's a sort of deal one of them's a little bit more steady, one of them's a bit more glamorous, and they both get something out mm. of that relationship. Yeah. And I think, if we're honest, that is relationships. We, you know, we don't always want the same person who's exactly like us. We want some sort of contrast. We might need someone to ground us. We might need someone to lift us. Um, but Mel has to leave university because she unexpectedly falls pregnant and wants to keep her own baby and bring up her own baby and can't afford to stay at uni. Mm. And we meet them all many years t- down the line, 17 years down the line, Mel's perfectly happy. She's had that baby. She's met and married someone else, had two more kids. She lives a quite normal, very domestic, a yeah. little bit dull life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the word I was looking for was suburban, but that sounds like a, like it's derogatory, but it, it's not. It's, I think She's she, totally fine, isn't she? Yeah, She's and also, totally fine. And I thought that was quite interesting writing about that too because I think we forget being content is a really good thing. I know, we are always looking so, up and we're always we're trying so to... greedy. Well, also, but then that's what's great and so interesting about the yin and the yang here with this friendship with Abby, who has gone and done something quite glamorous, mm-hmm. right? So tell us a bit about Abby. So Abby's gone off, she's gone to America, she's a TV pro- uh, pre- presenter, her husband's a TV producer who now owns channels, uh-huh. and they both have a very glamorous, high-profile life. They've definitely put their careers before their family, they have no children, um, but in fact... He's done the classic sort of middle-aged man thing and he's had an affair. She's found this out. And so she's now left without sort of home, job or husband because they were all so interconnected and she's very dependent on him. And she gravitates back to Mel. She goes back to Mel because Mel's her safe haven. Right, okay. Mm. Interesting. And Mm. and that's where our our book picks up. Um, I love this idea that uh, sort of university friends... It's weird, actually. I had a dream last night about... It's so weird that I'm sharing this with you. Uh, I had a dream last night about a girl... <laughs> How weird at, is this going to be? About, well, it's quite weird. Um, Strapping. Uh, about a girl at university, and we got together, like, 20 years after we left university. And it's... Um, by the way, Fiona, hi, if you're listening. Um, we if your wife's listening, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I'm really sorry for causing this. If my wife's listening, that's why I woke up in a sweat this morning. <laughs> but, but it just occurred to me how people imprint on you when yes. you're at university especially. I think university spongy. more than any, any other time because they replace your family. Yes. You've literally gone from being in a family and so instead of going, yeah, my, you're my friend that compliments my family, which is what happens when you're sort of school age, mm. you're suddenly, oh, you're my friend who now needs to be like family to me. Yeah. And I know for a fact that some of my university friends, I mean, they are my best friends and are they super close. So is that, the, where did you go to university? Uh, Leicester. Right, okay. And is that where you got your... When you went friend shopping, that was the best <laughs> store to go to? Because my school was rubbish. I've got a few good friends from school. University, very strong. Yeah. 
I think it's, all, it's also that age. You're very open to things. You do, you've got a bit more freedom. Nobody's telling you to come in at X o'clock. Yeah. So, you know, you can go out and experiment make your friends. But yeah, I made a lot of... I mean, I was out with one of my university friends literally last night. Yeah. So yeah, I see them still a lot. And have you changed much? They say not. Uh-huh. No, they say I'm really like... Oh, except I was... Well, they say I was really swatty then. Were you, did, what, what degree I'm did you do? Swatty. English. Okay. English language and literature. Here we are, both of us Yay. English uh, graduates. <laughs> it worked, you see. Yeah, I'm good people, with words. I know all the words. All the words. But people always say, what are you going to do with that? And we've done something with that. Yeah. Look at us. Which, yeah, <laughs> an English degree is impressive. <laughs> yes. Biology would have been fine. There's all sorts you can do with biology, but English. But um, So, yeah, you definitely used your English degree well. Well done there. Thanks. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but I, I, the other thing I find interesting about those, those dynamics of relationships at university is that you, when you're choosing a friend, you're buying into a type of friend. Like, there's always someone at university, and Abby's the perfect example, mm-hmm. who is a bit glamorous, who is a little bit like you want to be, and you friend up with them at uni, and then when university finishes, a bit like when a season passes and you put your coat back on, you, you default back to your natural Yourself, self. Because you can't quite keep up with that person. Not yeah. if you were faking it. Yeah. which I think Mel probably was when she was at university. Mm. Um, and although she does invite Abby back into her world, they, they are clearly not a fit. I mean, even little tiny signals, like uh, the the way as soon as she invites her, she decides she's going to redecorate. But even that's chaotic. She sort of paints the hall in one afternoon while the cat's still knocking around, getting wet hair on the yeah. side of the walls and stuff. Because <laughs> Mel isn't that kind of person. And Abby comes in and really immediately notices all those little problems and domestic mm. mess obviously keeps quiet because that that's what you do mm. but she's judging um she's there with all her very good clothes and very good legs and hair and makeup and shoes and what have you yeah and the other one's running around trying to balance ballet lessons and football practice and just that. such a fork in the road and yeah. here they are years later and, it's, yeah. and let's mash them back together and then... that's the other time you make a lot of friends isn't it when you do have your kids you yes. quite often make friends with people who have so much kids, so but you can be exhausted together. But it's the exact opposite. You see, when you make friends when you've got kids, I just don't care about impressing them. Yeah. So you know what I mean? I, and I'm, we've got all our friends. You just who, want them to do pick-up. That's yeah. all I want from you. I want play dates and pick-up, <laughs> yes. and I want to, you know, we can console each other. Yeah. Right. And I, you know, I go and see, um, I go and see uh, friends with their kids, and we just all complain, and we are dressed really badly. Whereas at uni... You care about how you look and how yeah. you come across. It's an interesting, like, there's real two opposites. There. Yes, it's just when you're finding yourself as well at uni, I think. Mm. And, yes, yeah. And I think that's what's interesting about this book. They don't, um, uh, they don't acknowledge who they have become. They don't really, they don't really address the fact they didn't, uh, they didn't get on in the first place. Actually, yeah. they, they weren't suited in the first place. They it's like a summer them. romance. Mm. Uh, well, this book definitely isn't a summer romance. It is. It is fantastic. Um, I, I thought it's difficult because I don't want to give anything away about the book. It's quite cause... dark, isn't it? And twisty and all those things. And yeah. You can't talk about it. I know. I keep thinking, how am I going to promo this book? I know. No you clue. do. Yeah. Like, what other no things clue. are you going to do? How are you going? So, when when you're promoing, let's have some promo practice. That's what we can do here on the <laughs> yes, books podcast. This is, this is my promo promise. practice. So, okay. Adele, where did you get the idea for? Good. That's a good one. <laughs> how did you think um, of this character? Well, actually, there's part of the book that's about the the, the hassles of things like. Um, Facebook, what kind of things we upload. Yeah. There's, a, there's a big video there's a in this book. a dirty video in this book. Yeah. That's my first thought. Sorry, but it was. <laughs> um, that was the inspiration of the book. So I live in Surrey and we go for these, these walks, my husband and I, and we're sort of walking along and I said, oh, I read this article today about revenge porn. Mm. Poor man was kind of going, and I haven't done anything. where is this going? <laughs> Poor man's rushing back to his hard drive. Delete, delete, yes. delete. So then I said, you know, I think there could be something in that. And yeah. I investigated whether I wanted to write about that. 
that because it's huge and it's actually it's so horrendous. It's, it's a really dreadful horrific. thing. Horrific, but it's Some, now massively a crime, isn't it? Yes, There's it's new laws a crime, recently, and so it should be. But because yeah. that's something that starts with absolute love and then gets so exploited. I thought that's the interesting thing about revenge porn, mm. not the actual porn, but the fact that the change, the flip of how you can feel about someone. Yes. That you can trust and love someone and then if they betray you, how far will you go to to be vengeful? Mm. So this book is about a flip, a betrayal and, and revenge. And that so, wasn't bad that's for really my good. Pro- yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. great. For a, for a promo yeah. rehearsal, I think you've done very yeah, well. thank you. That's very good. <laughs> write that down. It's fine, we're recording it. Um, but also, the, the social media thing, let's talk about that. But are you on Twitter? I am. What's your Twitter? Uh, at Adele Parks. There you go, makes sense. That was easy. Makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the Twitter, the Facebook thing, oh, and the Instagram, the pressure that heaps onto kids, we all know about, we talk about. Massively. But there's another layer in this book with parents and people yes. trying to you know, feel their way into it Because quite recently we've just had the back-to-school thing, haven't we? Mm. And the endless photographs of really cute kids going back to school. Yes. And a friend of mine posted saying, am I the only mother whose kid flat-out refuses to have the photo taken? Just kids holding up like paparazzi. Yeah. So she was like, next year we're all just going to take photos of our empty front doors and show that our kids wouldn't be on. Because even that's like, look, I've got smiley, obedient, happy kids that will take photos and they're happy about going back to school. They're not the ones sat crying and going, I'm not going. Do you want to see the picture I used? Yes. So this is the picture me and my wife put on our social media the other day for a big because you always have to do the back to school picture you do. in front of your front door. You do. That's, that is the place. My wife. And I. <laughs> that's brilliant. I wish we could show you that. That's um, my wife and I with two large bottles of alcohol <laughs> on our front doorstep. No children. Just so that everyone knows. How have you found? So your kids are, are. How many kids have you got? Just the one. Just the one. Mm. So he is now um, eighteen. Eighteen. All grown up. So how do you feel about that in terms of writing? Relieved. And has he been a good inspiration for you? Have you used uh, that? I haven't it? really used him, largely because um, I live with him, so he's still a kind of work in progress. All right, so when he's gone... When he's gone, he's, I'm all over it. I'm right, all okay. over it. So your next um, book is going to be about... <laughs> the first book, actually, there was one book called Larger Than Life that I wrote when I was pregnant. Mm. And I think I definitely used my own pregnancy to an extent. Mm. But then once you have them, I think you sort of... It's I, it's like not using my own friends. You realise their stories are in progress. Yeah. You realise they'll quickly fall out with you. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially when you're selling this many books. Yeah. It's all right to go and do an anonymous blog about someone, but yeah. your books are they everywhere. They don't want that. They don't want that. And quite a lot of my friends now start conversations saying, I'm telling you this, but I don't want it in a book. Mm. Or they go, I'm telling you this, I really do want it in a book. Oh, really? So do you get like off the record moments? Yes, I literally That's do. Brilliant. They have sort of illicit meetings in cafes. So and they right, all know. Put your notebook away. Yeah, and they all know that I'm quite sort of chatty and because I do observe people and write, write and things, I have usually got some quite good advice. But they also think, can I risk telling her? Because it might end up in a book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the same with my kid. I just think, don't use him because he's got a real life and his own friends and their own judgments and things. Although I could because he never reads them. <laughs> Is he not really? Uh, not books? Rude, hey? Just saying. How rude. Well, he's he... like, he started reading one and he was like, it's a romance, I'm not interested. And then I dedicated one to him and it was literally about a conscientious objector. It was a, a historical one. I was yeah. like, that is not a romance. And then he got partway and he went, no, it is. And it was. I realised it was. So I was like, okay, this one is not a romance. There is literally, well... well, I mean, there is a video in it, but I'm not sure that video is very romantic. No. I wouldn't call that romance. No soft focus. So how many books have you done? So in 2000, was that the first... That's not how many books you've done, that was the year, by the way. Great. Uh, One a year. 
for, since the year 2000, yeah. So where, so what stage are you at now? So I invited her in out on the 20th of September. That's my 18th. That's number 18. Yes. Your child has just turned 18. 18, I How know. have you managed to do this whilst bringing up a child? I know, it's quite random, isn't it? Um, it's not random, it's good time management. Uh, yeah, it, it does come down to time management. Yeah. You've literally, I keep the school hours. And when he was little, I definitely kept school hours and then I, I was off more in the holidays. But as he got older, like they don't even want you to be around anyway. So, you yes. Know, you can you can write. And actually, writing's a, pretty much a privilege of a job because you can still sort of mostly fit it around family. So if you do want to go to the school play or whatever, yeah. largely you can go. Although that said, I have realised that the next school play he's in, I'm I'm on tour. Sorry. Oh, so <laughs> yeah, if, just breaking that listening. to you now, kiddo, if you're listening. Sorry about that. Your mum doesn't love you. Here you are. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, so when you are when you're writing, you're knocking out these books mm. one a year. Mm. I'm sorry, I'm just, that's ridiculous. Um, it's just it's so impressive. Thank Where you. do you do it? Do you always just go into an office? I or? do. So office at home though. So it's just a converted bedroom. Okay. And um, and I love that because like it's a really short commute. Terrible on the steps though. You know the whole try and get ten thousand steps a day. Yeah. Not are you very much. sedentary? Well, yes. Yeah. But I actually did get a Fitbit to make myself do ten thousand steps. My friend a day. got a Fitbit and he just shakes his hand like that. All the yeah, time that, that does not look like shaking your hand. Sorry, that was. Um, that yeah, was I was just sig- signalling to another DJ who was walking past <laughs> the window. And, uh, but uh, yeah, so I work from home, pretty disciplined. Right in the morning and mm. in the afternoon, do sort of admin or. Facebooking yeah. or social media of some kind. So you get a burst done in the morning. I hear that I a lot, that you should never do more than three or four hours. because you I just try get... and do like 1,000 to 2,000 words every day. How long is a book? Uh, that's 120,000 words. That's quite long, isn't it? It's quite long. Yeah. I do quite long. But it reads quickly a day. You read it like it's... I am pacey. That's what we like to think. Yeah. Yes. Thanks. Yeah, that was yeah. good. <laughs> zing, zing, zing. You can use that quote. Zing, zing, zing. That's from Magic Radio. Um, so there's lots, we'll of, there's lots of other themes uh, in the book. Obviously, with the friendship is a huge part of it. Family. The, the his and hers offices thing as well. How to sort of establish boundaries and keep the love alive when you work from home. I'm thinking that maybe draws on what we've just been talking about yes. in real life. Yes. I mean, actually, in, in uh, the book, they are they do both have jobs and go out of home, but they mm. are both very hands-on involved parents, so they do try to be home a lot. And I know certainly in, in my world, we both work from home, which yeah. I believe that's a bit insane. What does your husband do? Uh, he's a web designer. Okay, right. He does, he does that from home. So uh, he's quite happy with that, and yeah. that's all good. But he's really good and open and welcoming when I walk into his office for a little random chat. Right. I am less so. So Sentence in your head yeah, for me. Yeah, we really have to have a system. So if doors close, it's like literally don't come in. And if the door's wide open, I'm, I, I'm available. Nice. But he has Like a said, toilet, basically. Yes, it's, 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 yes, it's the bathroom it's not system. tricky. Yeah, we've all used it for years. Um, and he said one time that he walked in and I literally just held my hand up <laughs> at him. I didn't even break, just held my hand up. And he said it was the most patronising thing ever. <laughs> That is really, that it's is pretty bad. Also, if you're isn't typing it? with the other hand yes. as well. Don't speak the and no, but it's true, isn't it? Because these thoughts pop into your head. So, are you and these writers who has to have a notebook with you all the time in case we have just been talking about that. Because while I was waiting for this interview, I was sat on a bench oh. listening to a breakup. No. Yes, I was Next listening to this couple break up, now, which quite early in the day to be breaking up. Can well, I say? Yeah, I suppose, but on a Friday, you know, heading yeah. towards fr- Friday evening. Depends what you did last night. Well, exactly. If yes. Thursday night's a new Friday night, clearly something happened yes. last night. So, so I was thinking, why have I not got my notebook with me? Because I normally do. Changed my handbag today. That was the problem. That's it. That's what went wrong. Mm. We'll find some paper for you. You can write there. <laughs> um, but the thing with dialogue I have found in my little experience of, of being creative with stuff is you need to really capture dialogue well. You write dialogue really, really well. Thank you. And that's hard. That's hard to get that tone of phrase and that the way people bounce off each other. So in that situation, you're sitting on the bench and you're listening to it. 
Are you remembering, what are you remembering? The very words they're saying? Are you remembering the personalities? Are you remembering plot they're discussing? Ah, interestingly, this time it was gestures. Because the bloke in particular was really trying... And he was doing all the right sort of millennial... So you're millennial putting your hands ma- to your oh, chest to my heart, here. because yeah. he was doing the whole, like, millennial man. He was really concentrating on listening. And I sat there thinking, you're not listening. Because, bless him, you could see his eyes kind of wandering. And she was crying. Oh, no! Yeah. And then he thought on... I mean, I was there 10 minutes. It was only, like, towards the end, he thought to put his arm around her. I was thinking, you should have done that earlier. That should have happened earlier. Did you not yeah. want to lean over and go, hi, I'm Adele Parks. I'm just, just making some notes. <laughs> Multi-novel selling genius. Um, <laughs> i just tell you, this is what you should have done. Um, so will you be using that in a future book? I, I, I might. Okay. Um, right, I've got to do some general questions for you, Adele. Mm. Um, so, oh, this is a good one. What is your favourite book? Oh, uh, well, you know, you say it's a good one. It's a really hard one mm. because most writers read a book a week at least. So over a lifetime, that is huge. Do, so you read other books while you're writing? Because I've heard I other do. writers say they don't want that because then their head gets. I do at the beginning. I, uh, I go through stages. Sort of, I do to the first two thirds the way through, and then mm. no, right? All I, and I'm, you know, or not much. Or maybe I'll read a book that's nonfiction or something to try and take my mind away from whatever I'm reading. Yes, but um, generally speaking, I read a book a week. So it's. Always impossible. To okay, so what's the best favorite? book? No, fair enough. It's an impossible question. I hate that question. But if I had to, yeah, best one you've read this year, maybe or. Oh, okay. Um... Just making it out. I don't know. You can't say one of your own, obviously. <laughs> <It's not allowed. laughs> I haven't read any of mine this year. <laughs> um, well, I was going to say before you said that. Um, I was going to say I always pick a classic. Oh, okay. Because actually, I think classics are the ones you're more likely to go back to. Mm. And then usually people pick sort of a Jane Austen or Breakfast at Tiffany's. So mm. You can't pick those because no. that's just too, too obvious. This is where you go, like American Psycho or you, something completely out Oh, there. no, that made me faint. Yeah. No, seriously, I literally fainted. It's horrendous. That and The Colour Purple are two books that have made me faint. Yeah. Which I think is quite good, fainting on a book, because that means it really worked. It's impressive. Yeah. That and The Braveheart film, those three things helped me out. <laughs> the Braveheart film made yes. you faint. Yes, I didn't like all that blood. <laughs> anyway, I'm still trying to think of my favourite books this Sorry, year. Sorry, I keep distracting you. Um, well, I read a lot. You see, it's really tricky, because I do quite a lot of judging for different competitions and things. Oh, wow, yes. Oh, I know. Go on. I'll tell you one. But it's not at all in my genre. It's a young adult book, and it's called uh, The Hate You Give. Oh, yeah, Thug. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That was awesome. I've heard good things about that, yeah. That was awesome because I'm not a teenager, and it Mm. helped me think like a teenager again, Mm. and like all their complications. And obviously, the issues in that book are very different to the issues in this book, Mm. but it did help me remember what was difficult about being a teenager which is basically your parents but yeah yeah <laughs> but that's interesting isn't it that that is a theme in the book the disconnect between the generations yes. is a big theme and that's yeah okay good so that'll have that and that's very neat that ties in very nicely yes it took me a while but i got there can i recommend standard deviation have you read that yet no i haven't standard so yes, deviation is one of the funniest books the oh i could do with funny as well right oh now. it's really funny it's like set in new york and Brilliant. i think it's only her first or second book i've forgotten the name of the author which is awful um which book do you wish you had written mm. not American Psycho? It's definitely not it's American definitely not, Psycho. Right. Although, you know, I did well. <laughs> it did very well. Good numbers. Good numbers. You know, uh, which book do I wish I had written? Oh, I like Leanne Moriarty. Mm. Yeah, so Leanne Moriarty is quite funny. This is going to sound so vain. But when I read hers, I'm like, oh my God, it's like reading me, but not knowing the end. That makes sense. Which is hilarious. Yeah. But I think she is very, I mean, she's been writing for many years, obviously, Quite recently, she's had huge hits and incredible success, which she absolutely deserves, and I'm glad it's here. But I have been reading her for many years and have always thought that. So now when everyone likes her, I'm going, I liked her first. (laughs) I was there first. (laughs) Presumably her mum liked her first, and then her editor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were probably fans. Yeah. 
Who was, uh, sorry, I keep thinking about the questions. Um, who was the first person you sort of went, I've written something, have a look at this, please? <gasps> was it your husband or was it your... No, it wasn't. It was uh, my friend Joe, who I'd gone to university with. Okay. Um, so Joe and I did English together and she was um, much more proper than me. Right. So, so she... Had, <laughs> You're not improper. Well, I'm not very good on grammar. And uh, things I see. like that. And, right. and she sort of... I don't know. I'm a I'm a girl from the northeast of England who literally knew nobody in publishing. Mm. And so this was a big stretch. This was a bit of a you don't imagine that you actually could break through. How do you break through? Especially yeah. then. It I feels mean, like now, a closed shop anyway. Yeah. I mean now it's pretty accessible. I think there's loads of author talks, there's loads of workshops, everybody's on social media. But way back. And so um and I really admired Joe. And so I remember going up to her house and she lived in the Midlands and she just bought because in those days people could buy places. Well, she, a whole house. Well, a tiny do that? tiny cottage, it gets oh, okay. worse. So it was pretty leaky and there was no central heating. <laughs> so you're getting the view, you're yes. getting the image now. So we were there with like these literally blankets wrapped around us. And she just read it the whole weekend and barely spoke to me about it. And every time, well, didn't speak to me about it, but barely spoke in general. Every time we stopped to have a meal or, or break, I was thinking, she'll say something now. Weren't you next now. to her the whole time watching yeah. her read it? Like, what did you smile And I was kind of looking at other books, kind of going, she is moving no. her lips. I know she's reading it. <laughs> um, and, then, um, and then finally she finished. And I kept thinking every lunchtime or dinner time she would say something. And finally, at the end of the Sunday, she finished and she said, I think you've got something here. Okay. And that was sort of, un, you know... And I relief. would have wanted more. I would have been. But also, I was so cold. I said, to her, "If it ever gets published, I'll get you central heating in this house." Tell me, she's now got rashed, rash move, yeah. rash move. Because it has been yeah. published. Did you buy central yeah. heating for her? Yes. Okay, well done. That's was great. It, it was. A, to be fair, it was quite a nice advance. Um, where do you like to read? Not in a cold cottage. I'm taking. No, um, I like to read in bed. Mm. But do you fall asleep like being though? In bed. Yeah, I just sure. like being in bed. I like eating in bed. I like watching telly in bed. You got, you got TV great. in your bedroom. No, but we we sort of set up the iPad and things like that. It's great. The best. Um, so in bed's good, but also outside's good. Mm-hmm. I like reading anywhere. Anywhere you can. I yeah. literally like reading. I mean, there's always by the, good. It's by the pool and all those cliches, but you're right. Anywhere you can, basically. Yes. Okay. It's actually harder than you think, isn't it? Because it's quite often glary. Yeah. There's often like. I'm know, having to watch my kids and make sure they don't drown. I've just got back from good. holiday and I was literally sort of yeah. I was trying to put the Kindle there so I could see them in my. You peripheral have just vision. used the word holiday very loosely, considering you've young children, because there's no <laughs> such thing. There's no such thing. There's no such thing. What a point? What a waste of money? No, it's a waste of money. Can I tell everyone that tip? Seriously, don't try and go on holiday for ten years. No. No. Because <laughs> we ca- and I kept thinking why. Am I not enjoying myself? Oh, it's because we're just doing loads of childcare. Yes, but and, in a nice place. And that, well, yes, but you can't eat the nice food because they they board at the table, yeah. and you you're worried about them burning. Yes, and drowning sun cream and, and screaming, and, and you've drowning. never brought the things they need. No, no matter what you pack, you might have gone over luggage, and you might have yeah. paid eighty pounds extra. In you luggage. get there, and they're like, "Where's doggy? Yeah. Oh my yes. God, <laughs> I've got to go back." And even if you packed it, you lose it at the airport. Yes, yeah, this is so true. God, this so. has been really therapeutic. <laughs> Um, there's a do not disturb sign on the door, mm. but one person is allowed to ignore it. <laughs> Who is that person? Hugh Jackman. You oh, good. I was going to say, you yeah. can't say your husband. No, you can't Hugh say Jackman. You- Sorry, Jim. I would have said Jim, but I already knew I wasn't allowed to say my husband did not know that. No, but Hugh Jackman would be fine. It's so nice. Everyone likes him. Everyone I know in this sort of media world has interviewed him. They all just go, he's "He's amazing. amazing." And also, do you know what I like best about him? He would be allowed to come in with his wife because that's what he'd want to do because that's what's best about him. He always talks about how much he likes his wife. Yeah. That's nice. He protests too much. Um, so, <laughs> no, he yeah, that's a joke. That's does a joke. Like <laughs> I'm sure he likes his wife. Um, so, Adele Parks, mm-hmm. your brand new book, I Invited Her In. It's out on the 20th of September. It's a fantastic read. It's kind of, 
it's got a thriller thing going on to it, it right? It has, it's hasn't thrillery. it? It's a bit pacey, you don't know who's done what. Yeah. There's a bit of bloodshed. Yeah. Saying. You didn't pass out during the bloodshed. Well done then. No, I did well. Adele Parks, thank you so much for all your books and especially this new one. I invited her in. It's absolutely brilliant and it was lovely to meet you. And you, thank you. That was the lovely, wonderful Adele Parks. You can follow her on Twitter at Adele Parks uh, and stay tuned for more of these wonderful, if I say so myself, uh, Magic Book Club podcasts. There'll be more coming very soon. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. 